Shaken, everybody. You're listening to Improv Tabletop, the Fate RPG actual play where we make up everything on the spot. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by Thomas, just scraping by. Heather, I eat peanut butter out of the jar. Evan, technical difficulties, Peterson. Oh, you can tell that we're just having such a great night here, guys. But it's only going to get better because we're going to have a very fun little campaign here for you. But first, let's introduce Heather, our newest cast member. Hello, Ned. Yes, Heather, what's a little bit of your experience with improv and or tabletop? Well, the GM here and I started it on an improv troupe at the same time together, which is you. Yeah. And I think I was in improv with everybody here tonight on the same improv team. I think, Evan, were we? I don't think so. I feel like I was. I know. We played D&D together, so we've got the tabletop aspect. Uh, uh, but I think you were already done. I did with Thomas, but not you. And I lived through Thomas vicariously through him. So <laughs> It wasn't hard to be in that improv group with Thomas because he was in that group for 13 semesters, was it? Uh, I think it was, yeah, 13. Might be 14, but who's keeping track? Hey, but <laughs> Before anyone makes fun of him for how long he was in college, you should see him do a math equation now, okay? It's really slow. It's very impressive. <laughs> Not if it's simple subtraction. <laughs> oh, man. I love having the dynamic of a married couple on the podcast. It just brings a little bit of extra oomph. Yeah. Oh, Thomas and Heather are married, by the way. Surprise! <laughs> so let's start talking about the story we're going to be telling tonight. This suggestion comes from David Tuttle on Instagram, who suggested Halloween Town, which is very appropriate for our wonderful month of October. Yeah, Deva! Yeah, good old Deva. We are going to uh, take this, and we were trying to figure out what we wanted to mash it up with, and me and Thomas and Evan, who are not super familiar with Halloween Town, we were like, what if we do like a teen crime show kind of thing? And Heather very kindly reminded us that that is pretty much what Halloween Town already is. <laughs> but we're going to lean into those teen crime drama vibes, maybe in kind of a Fillmore style, who knows. But yeah, let's just go ahead and get started with some ideations. We're going to tell you real stories from our real lives that have to do with either Halloween Town or teen crime dramas. And we'll get a nice pool of ideas that we can use to inform the story moving forward. So for me to get us started off with... Uh, I have never been the biggest fan of Halloween since I was a child. I, uh, I mentioned this in The Tension Builders, but I had a very, very fearful childhood. And one of my strongest childhood memories is watching the movie Ernest Scared Stupid <gasps> and being terrified out of my mind by this movie. And I've always felt kind of ashamed of that in my later years, but recently I went back and I just searched Ernest Scared Stupid. One of the results I got was somebody who'd written an article about why this movie is so terrifying. And I felt very validated because really the way that they wrote this troll in Ernest Scared Stupid is to make you feel like there's absolutely no way you can be safe from it. 
It can show up in locked rooms. It can imitate the voice of your parents. You can't trust anyone or anywhere. Trantor the troll is going to come and turn you into a wooden statue. And so now I feel justified for the fact that I was scared of this movie because a wonderful soul out there on the internet broke down why it's so scary. But as far as like teen crime drama kind of stuff. My teenage years were very separated from drama, except for like, you know, being in plays and stuff. Like my idea of having a fun party with my friends was wearing ties and drinking tea and listening to records while we played croquet in my backyard. That is a thing that actually happened many times in my teenage years. <laughs> um, so I'm not going to try and elaborate too much more on crazy teenage drama times uh, because I didn't have many of them. And I'll leave that to my friends. Um, so now that I've given you a glimpse at what a weird freaking kid I was, uh, Thomas, what you got for us? So growing up, I loved Halloween, but I only loved Halloween because I was able to go trick-or-treating and eat all of the candy and get all of the candy. I didn't like the whole festivity behind it. I didn't care for the parties unless there was like a trunk or treat or unless there was like some sort of a reward. Uh, and I wasn't really into dressing up with in costumes and stuff. And I, to this day, I have a hard time uh, exerting effort to go out and like buy or find a creative costume I leave that to better people in my immediate family but uh, so just the older I got the less interested I became in Halloween and I am and I am actually a, a big wuss when it comes to scary movies um, I too grew up on Ernest scared stupid and trying to figure out what meak was that Ernest was trying to use to defeat the troll but I, to this day, like, the scariest movies that I've seen were, have been, like, Signs, uh, the M. Night Shyamalan movie, and, like, I, I haven't seen any slasher films necessarily, uh, When a Stranger Calls is probably the most terrified I've ever been with a, a horror film, <laughs> so something like Halloween Town was very nice and very pleasant, where it was like, oh, okay, this is kind of, like, fun to watch, where I'm not just, like, scared out of my pants here, and I can't fall asleep at night, but other than that, I really, you know, that's like pretty much it. Other than like when it comes to crime shows, I mean, I love watching like uh, things like Psych, which is a crime show, but it's like comedic based and things like that. And they're fun uh, serial adventures that you can run on that are like ongoing, a, a new a new adventure a week, a new crime to, to resolve with possible recurring characters. But um, yeah, so that's what I've got. Podcasts are uh, an audio medium, so I need everyone to know how disappointed Heather looked when Thomas said that <laughs> when a stranger calls was the most scared he's ever been. <laughs> it wasn't disappointment. It was agreement. Even though I was shaking my head, it's because he knows that terrifies me to this mm. day. Yes. Oh, I misread. I thought you were just like, what a freaking baby. <laughs> no, he's a strong man. I am. Okay. No, here is something, though. Now that Heather's on the podcast, this is how it shows how terrified I get. Oh, no. So there was one night where we had this really long hallway in our apartment uh, when we lived in uh, Rigby, Idaho. And um, Heather, for some reason, loves to scare me because she knows how scared I get. And uh, it was like one in the morning and we were like going, turn, going to bed. And she wasn't even trying to scare me. She just was in a room that I didn't expect her to be in. And it was just pitch black, no lights whatsoever. Um, and she was wearing like lighter clothes 
clothing. And so when I was walking down, she just all of a sudden like walked out of the room right in front of me. And I don't think I've ever convulsed so involuntarily <laughs> before in my life. I literally like <laughs> my body seized up and I went full on possum and I literally <laughs> fell to the ground and just laid there just not moving while Heather stood next to me wondering if I had died or not. It was amazing. I had the best power in the world that I didn't know I had. That's that's beautiful. Well, we're getting a great sense for how this group handles scary stuff. <laughs> Heather, how do you handle scary stuff? All right. Uh, once upon a time when I was like 14 or 15, I don't know how old, I can't remember, but this certain movie came out called The Grudge. Stupid. Why did I go see it? I don't know. There wasn't even a cute guy there. I have no idea why I went. Or that. Oh, I thought you were burping, Evan. And I was like, how rude. <laughs> no, that's the grudge noise. Oh. <laughs> I recognize that now. <laughs> I thought it was a burp, too. <laughs> Isn't the grudge more like, uh, I was. That's like what that. I thought I was doing. <laughs> Your voice is just too low and sonorous. <laughs> Well, Evan, I wish that you were the grudge in the movie. I wouldn't have been so scared. <laughs> oh, the shade. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Continue. I'm sorry. We went, we went and saw the movie, me and my two gal friends, and we were freaked out of our minds. And we came back to one of my friend's house and we were so scared that all of us had to sleep in her mom's bed, but without her mom in there. So I don't understand why it was like comforting to us. Her mom like was nice enough to go sleep on the couch, but the three of us teenage girls slept in the mom's room and they're all like, that was a fun movie, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, it wasn't even scary at all. And so I'm like laying in the bed, we're all under the covers, and all of a sudden, I don't know if you've seen the movie, if you haven't, this is a spoiler alert, but at the my foot, under the covers, this bump goes up and just starts raising by my foot. And I don't like feel anything, and I start freaking out. And then it comes slower and slower up to where the blanket is at my chest, just like in the movie. And I like started convulsing like Thomas did, except I was already laying down. And I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I couldn't breathe. And the where it's tucked in at my chest, the blanket, it pops up. And it was her stupid cat. Oh, cat. <laughs> oh, I thought for sure it was the grudge and I was a goner. Dude, any, uh, any other thoughts that you have from our prompt here that you want to share? So one thing when you said like teenagers and crime, this isn't anything to do with crime, but just teenagers, I think of the weird fads and I don't, this will date me. But a huge fad when I was a teenager was skanking. And I'm not talking about, like, going and kissing a dozen men or whatever. I'm specifically <laughs> talking about the dance to ska music. Indeed. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, we, we have featured skanking pretty heavily in one of these campaigns. Yes! So everybody knows. For those who don't know, it's like where you slowly and not really to any beat, like pull up your knee towards your chest <laughs> and kick out a little bit. I'm not really sure how to describe it other than this weird slow motion high kneeing. That's great. That's the perfect description. <laughs> <laughs> but I think teenage fads are so weird. All right. 
Well, Evan, you're the only one in this group who I would feel comfortable saying is a horror aficionado of sorts. Yeah, so I was kind of prompted. I'm feeling the urge to share basically my entire history with horror. So I'll make this quick since <laughs> why would anyone care? Um, so first thing that I really remember scaring the absolute pants off of me was two Indiana Jones movies that my brothers watched when I was around as a kid. One, my family jerry-rigged a TV into our car that had a built-in VCR on a road trip, and so I was stuck, forced to watch the uh, arc melt people's faces, and I cried. Uh, Second was at home. I came into the living room, and I was like, what are you watching? I wanted to hang out with my cool brothers, and I dove behind the couch because a man drank from the wrong cup, and his eyeballs got sucked into his skull, and I cried again. And I decided I hated scary things. I didn't understand why people would want to be scared for fun. So fast forward a whole bunch of years and I work at a movie theater and I make a goal to see every single movie that came out in an entire year. A goal which I succeeded at. But one of those movies a bit earlier in the year was... um Oh, it's this big horror trilogy that's been coming out these last few years. They just released the third one this year. They're ghost movies. We are the wrong audience to help you. (laughs) The Conjuring? The Conjuring! It was The Conjuring 2. So I watched The Conjuring 2, and I thought it was great, and I really liked it. And I was like, wait, what have I been missing out on? So I started watching a whole bunch of horror movies. And these days I've discovered I do really well with everything horror except video games. Mm -hmm. Uh, you really want to scare the pants off me get me a horror video game because when i like when i was in high school horror video games kind of hit this big craze because of youtube and uh (laughs) exactly um so i played outlast i got it on my computer and i made it about 30 seconds in and the very first jump scare is some birds like flying up when thunder flashes uh, for you non-computer techies, Alt F4 is the shortcut to close whatever your window you're in. And I, with my right hand, pulled my headphones off my head and with my left hand hit Alt F4. And I didn't play that game again for like six months <laughs> until tying into the teenager thing. When I was in high school, we had land parties instead of cool parties. <laughs> and so we were at a land party. We all had our computers. And I was like... I'm in the presence of friends, so I'm going to try and play this game again. And a friend sat over my shoulder and watched me play. And any time something scary happened, I would rip off my headphones and slam the pause button. It would happen quicker than I could think about it. And he would just calmly reach over, put my headphones back on my head for me, and then unpause my game. And something about that gentle encouragement from a friend got me through the whole game in a single night. And (laughs) I can sort of play horror games now. Nope, not me. Man, the thing that kind of actually got me to start enjoying horror was gaming. It was actually a campaign that Thomas was running. Uh, If any of you in our audience have played The Rise of the Rune Lords Pathfinder Adventure Path. Oh, so good. uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but you might be familiar with the word misgivings. Mm -hmm. When we got to that point, I was like, oh, this is the coolest thing ever. And ever since then, I have had a surprisingly strong affinity for horror in tabletop gaming. Yeah, you're really like non-horror, but then you run a game that's about Animal Crossing and you're like, the insects crawl under his skin. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, there's been a bit of a turnaround in my life in recent years. Um, And I guess we'll see where that takes us with this adventure. So let's start kind of building out an idea of what our world is going to be, kind of the broad strokes, and then we'll get around to making our characters. So my understanding of the movie Halloween Town, um, 
everybody's a monster. <laughs> That's my understanding of the movie Halloween Town. A monster, a witch, or a warlock, or things like that. Mystical things, not just monsters, guys. There's goblins, gnomes, walking skeletons. There's like fairies and like sprites and things like that. Well, if you ask Wizards of the Coast, those are all monsters. Fair. It's true. Fair net. They come in a manual. Yeah. So I think the idea of we are all monsters or fantastical creatures of some kind is a fun idea. So I'm going to kind of throw out the idea of maybe we are like a crime-stopping team. Like we're the crime scene investigation unit. We are the NYPD the, the HTPD, Halloween Town Police Department. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But we're all angsty teenagers and whatnot. We're, we have an internship there. Ooh, interns for the HTPD. Interns, and we're all on the same team because they didn't want to deal with the interns. And we're trying to, we're trying to prove that interns can solve crimes too. Yeah. All right. So we've got this broad idea for what our situation is going to kind of look like. So let's start getting into our character creation. Um, does anybody have a particularly strong concept that they want to lead us out with? I've got something that I've been thinking about. All right. What you got for us? So um, if you were to look at my character, um, they would be a tall character, uh, but not not too gigantic. They're not uh, lumbering over everybody, at least not too much. I would say maybe they're about a good six foot five and they've got a little bit, their arms are a little bit longer than normal and they've got kind of a hunched back because all of their friends are shorter than them and so they try to lean down to make sure that they can hear everybody and they don't stand out too much. Um, my character, they're a little bit shy and they, they try to blend into the background but with their height and their girth, it's, it's a little difficult. Um, and I'm a troll. Mm. I'm a troll. So my nose is really long and it's like kind of, it's one of those noses that almost like hang down, hangs down over my lips and covers my mouth a little bit. And my cheeks are really puffy. And uh, I, I try to keep my hair really short because that's the one thing about my face and my head that I can control. I, I, I can't control my ears. I can control my ear hair, nose hair, and my head hair, though. And so all of that is very pristinely cut every morning. That's part of my routine to make sure that the three inches that grew the night before gets immediately chopped off again. Um, but luckily, I got on the football team this year. So I got a letterman's jacket on, and I feel like I'm moving up in the world. And so, yeah, I, I, I'm a troll, and my name is... Oh, gosh. I have a name, but I don't. I want to make sure it's not. Okay, I was gonna say Harshnag, but that's a D and D character, so that it is. Dang it! You just made me Google the name I was gonna use, and I found out it's from a Ghibli movie. <laughs> you say that like it's a bad thing. I've seen the movie. I just forgot. I'm sticking with it. I'm gonna be Harshnag. So that's my name. Is my troll name is Harshnag. All right, Harshnag the troll. So with all of this in mind, what would you say is a nice high concept aspect for Harshnag? Something that really defines who I am, right? Correct. Just like a high level elevator pitch who your character is. I, I kind of I want to go for like something like uh, he's just a big old teddy bear, but he's not because he's a troll. <laughs> um, so maybe Ned, you can help me out with this uh, or anybody else actually. Um, he He's really reserved and like he, he, he tries to blend into the background but he's not like totally 
uh, foppish, you know, like he doesn't totally just buckle under pressure. You know what I mean? Like, like if if adversity comes his way, he's not going to immediately just crumple. So he's he's trying to like ride the balance. He's trying to ride the line between like blending in with the crowd, but also standing up to his morals. What 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 would be a good aspect for this? He's the hardiest egg in the dozen. Yes, <laughs> he's the hardiest egg in the dozen. <laughs> All right. Now, what's something that's going to get Harshnag in trouble on occasion? He is a blumbering individual. When I say blumbering, I mean like he can very easily bump into people, situations. Like, yeah, his size and his girth is just big to like get him into trouble. That's it. His size size and girth. All right. So I do like that blumbering kind of idea. Yeah. Just like the blumbering teddy bear. Yeah, there we go. He's a blumbering teddy bear. Is blumbering a word? It is now. He's like Ferdinand, Mm. the bowl in the china shop. Mm -hmm. So now for your additional aspect, these are the suggestions that you're going to get to choose from. Failure is not the opposite of success. It's the heart of it. World's greatest chewer... (laughs) Or where my pet goes, I go. I'm the world's greatest chewer, gosh dang it. (laughs) (laughs) There is no question about it. Maybe this depends on where you went to high school and I'm just outing myself for growing up in a country town, but now I'm picturing you as one of the kids at my high school who just had dip in their lips in the hallway all the time, and that's all I can think (laughs) of. (laughs) I'm thinking is you got to have a nice set of chompers if you want to shovel in that candy as quickly as possible. That's Mm -hmm. much more appropriate. (laughs) Ned, I'd like to change my high aspect if I can. Yeah. Thickest skin in the swamp. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, he doesn't let things get to him easily. Nice. Now, what do you think is going to be Harshnag's peak approach? Definitely sneaky. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. A large, blumbering individual, but he's got some stealth to him. So he's trained and like really tried, and that's how he's got his he's he's made his way up the social ladder here. But there is that occasion where he's a blundering teddy bear. Blundering is an actual word. <laughs> but yeah, blundering, it, uh, he's a blundering teddy bear on occasion, but sneaky is his plus three approach. All right. And do you have for your stunt either a cool ability or maybe a cool piece of equipment that Harshnag has? Uh, his letterman's jacket. That letterman's jacket is, it's a lot. It's a status symbol and it's uh, yeah, that's his piece of equipment that can really get him into denote status, but it could also denote status in the wrong way. I know. Can I just leave it as simple as his letterman's jacket, or do you want it more defined? I think this gives us a lot of options as far as just like social situations. Yeah. Maybe in a place where somebody might look at your warty face and your floppy nose and whatnot, you can flash your letterman's jacket, and they'll be like, "Oh, actually, this guy's got some. Uh, this guy's got some clout behind his name." Gotcha. All right, I like that. There's Harshnag the troll. I've got mine if you'd like me to go next. Yeah, go for it. What you got? So, uh, you know how, like, grandmas like to look at their grandkids and say, like, oh my gosh, you're just skin and bones. Mm -hmm. Well, if you were to look at my character, they're just bones. (laughs) I I am a skeleton. Uh, The very much the super skinny kind of nerdy kid wears plaid button-up shirts with a pocket protector with some pins khaki slacks and like way too nice of shoes for school 
my high concept I've come up with. My original thought was I'd be like the brains of the group, the nerd. Um, so my high concept I labeled the brains, even though I have none. Nice. <laughs> if you only had a brain. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Right on. Do you have a name in mind for your nerdy skeleton man? Uh, yes. So um, this is definitely from a Ghibli movie, but I like its association to the word calcium, so I'm sticking with it. My name is Calcifer. Oh, that's such a good movie. It's a great movie. I was like, where have I heard the name Calcifer? But I was going for a calcium joke, okay? I, I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> All right. What's something that gets Calcifer in trouble on occasion? Uh, sometimes um, his bones just kind of fall apart. You know, he'll <laughs> go to pull on his locker and his wrist will just pop out or uh, someone will bump into them in the hallway. He'll lose an arm. Mm. It's just uh, we'll call it loose fittings. Cool. So you got some loose fittings for your additional aspect. Here are your suggestions you get to choose from. Life is like a box of chocolates, and mine melted. <laughs> Polyester is my go-to wardrobe choice. Or banned from Club Penguin for running a Ponzi scheme. Ooh, <laughs> those are all so good. Can I ask a, ba a weird question? What is polyester's notable qualities as a fabric? It is the cheapest fabric that exists. Yep, okay, that's, that's what I, okay, that's mine. <laughs> Very nice. Now, what is Calcifer's peak approach going to be? Uh, probably clever. I mean, right? He's the brains. He's going to be the clever one figuring stuff out. You're not going to be sneaky with your clattering bones? <laughs> That's probably got to be my lowest. <laughs> All right. And do you have a stunt or piece of equipment in mind for Calcifer? So uh, for our non-Halloween Town watchers, my wife made me do my homework two days ago and watched at least the first two movies. Um, there is a prop in the movie that their grandma has kind of a Mary Poppins style bag that she opens and can pull anything out of. I was thinking my stunt could be that my pocket protector has a seemingly infinite number of little gadgets in it. Ooh. And when the time and when the situation calls, I can pull out a gadget that will uh, provide us a moderate um, advantage to overcome the situation very nice i like that you went with the pocket protector i would have gone for like a briefcase or something no man it's got to be the pocket protector <laughs> nice i was kind of a briefcase kid in high school that tracks yeah i mean <laughs> I, i've been outing my teen self quite a lot during this episode <laughs> smells like teen spirit for anyone who doesn't know i i knew ned as a teen so mm -hmm. all right so there's our good friend calcifer very nice and Heather, do you have an idea for your character? I do. So when you see my character walking down the halls at school, usually you see everybody else like against the walls or like on the side of the lockers, maybe like in a door frame or something, just in case something happens. Um, I am turquoise in color. I have some purple. I've got two wings and two little legs. I've got scales all up and down me, and my body is more serpent-like. Right now, I'm probably about eight feet, but the problem is, being a hormonal teenager, male by the way, <laughs> he just will never know. <laughs> He'll never know when he's gonna grow to fit the space of the hallways or shrink to fit 
into a little bowl or something. <laughs> he is an Okami. Wow. <laughs> what, a, what a deep pull. I know, that was getting a little testy there, right? I'm a boy mom. I'm sorry, I have no filters. But he's an Okami, if you don't know what that is, from Fantastic Beasts. It's that serpent-like creature with wings that grows to fit its space. But the problem is he can't control it yet. <laughs> wow. Well, that sounds like one heck of a trouble to me. Yep. It sounds like the trouble's <laughs> built in right there. Goodness. Wow. Uh, do you have a, a name in mind for your Okami here? I've got a couple. So you tell me what you think is easier to say, I guess. <laughs> They're Russian. <laughs> so I've got Zelion or Zmei. Mm. What Do those mean something in Russian? I'm just curious. Zelion is the root of green and then Zmei is a snake. Mm. With that in mind, I might lean towards Zmei. Alright, there you go. Alright, so we've got Zmei the Okami. <laughs> now, what would you say is a good high concept aspect elevator pitch kind of thing for this character? I don't know why this is coming to mind and you can try to make sense of it. This will also age me. But the song, um, come and knock on my door. I've been waiting for you. You guys know that song? Isn't that a theme song? It's the theme song <laughs> from <laughs> that 60s show <laughs> where... Three's Company. Three's, Three's Company. company. <laughs> so that's kind of come into mind. Like, come and knock on my door. I've been waiting for you. I will be the one to help you. All right. So that gives us a pretty strong idea of just how Zmei feels about his friends. Very eager to help. I would like to apologize to our Gen X audience who just heard that none of us knew that theme song. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what the heck? All right. So high concept aspect, come and knock on my door. Now, we've already talked a little bit about what gets Zmei in trouble. Uh, How would you like to word that? Um... How would you guys like to word that in a tame way? Something hormonal. All I, all I, yeah, all I can think like of is hormonal imbalance. <laughs> mood swings, size swings. I like that. There you go. There it is. That's more descriptive. All right. Now, here are the options that you are going to get to choose from for your additional aspect. Right is wrong and wrong is right. Glass skin and paper bones. Oh, did you want to hear me play guitar? I've got it right here. (laughs) I'm not a musical person, so I absolutely hate that, but love it at the same time. (laughs) Because I think that sounds like Zmei, that third one. (laughs) You know, here's the great thing about that, though. The kind of people that I know in real life, who I have been one, Man, I, I'm i just letting way too much out about who I was in high school. Now, do, you, do you just need to talk about some stuff? <laughs> so I, w- I was the guy who's like, hey, I've got a guitar you want to hear, and I'm not very good at it, but I got it. You want to hear it? You want to be impressed by my guitar? So you don't have to necessarily be good at music to be that kind of person. I was also that way. I'm going to out Ned a little bit, though, and say he was a stranger case because he wasn't quite so much I've got my guitar. He was I've got my mandolin. You all want to hear me play? (laughs) That is true. That is true. Mandolins are cool. Thomas says he was that way. I wouldn't know because, you know, he doesn't serenade me. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He does. In our, in our video <laughs> chat, just again for the listeners, in our video chat, I'm between Heather and Thomas on my screen, and I feel physically like I'm between these two when they're throwing <laughs> these jabs. 
<laughs> no, he does serenade me, but it's more like the kids plinking on it and him trying to sing over them going, stop, daddy, no singing. <laughs> so do you want to go with that one for Zmei? I mean, it sounds like you ones? are. It sounds like it's decided. He's got to because I think it also fits in with the item he has. Which is? It's one of those really cool, not just baseball cap, but remember like the flat brim one with the netting on the side and way too big in the front. And it says, I love to skink. And he wears it backwards. (laughs) 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 So like a trucker style baseball cap that says, I love to skank. Yes. Black and white, and he's got teeny little legs. So skanking is fun to watch when he does it. (laughs) All right. Now, which of these approaches on the character sheet do you think is Zmei's peak approach? If there was a hormonal, that would probably be your plus three. I know, right? I don't know. It's kind of a mix of quick or flashy. I mean, if you want my input, I think flashy sounds sounds about right. Especially if, since you're always pulling out the guitar to show off. You're kind of a show off. People all flock to the sides to get out of the way to watch you. You're flashy. Okay. We can say flashy. There you go. All right. So we've got all of our basic stuff figured out for our characters. One additional thing that I'd like to take a look at is if we are on a cop crew, as it were, we are interns working for the HTPD, what do we think is everybody's role within this team? Yeah, so that's kind of what I started with. My original idea was that I was kind of the tech guy, but there's not tech because there's not tech in Halloween Town. (laughs) Uh, So I kind of fill that void with magical trinkets and gadgets and the like. Mm -hmm. I feel like uh, Harshnag would be... the role where he's the cop that tries to get it done no matter what you know like not the smartest not the most like witty but like the one who's not willing to give up you know yeah and maybe kind of a loose cannon sort of vibe yeah yeah definitely a loose cannon gotcha i think zmei is probably well we're interns right So I think he's the one that's trying to track the leads or find new CIs. So the head detective? Well, I mean, if you say so. (laughs) I fit the shoes. The very small shoes of the head detective. (laughs) Very nice. Because I wouldn't say I'm like head detective. I'm like the person who wants to be, who's like nags at their side. I don't think any of us really took the role of a charismatic leader, so this should be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Now that we've got this all sort of figured out, let's go ahead and get going into this new world that we've created here. find yourselves on kind of a quiet afternoon. School is already out. This is your after-school program, essentially, since you are interns for HTPD. And most of the big-shot actual policemen are out and about doing their investigations, stopping crimes, etc., etc. And you guys have been left to do a bit of paperwork. You know the copier jammed recently, so you got to take care of that. You gotta clean out all 50 of the coffee machines that they have around this place because there's just like a whole bunch of giants on the force and they drink way (laughs) too much coffee and they never set out a new pot when they're done with it. 
but as you guys are kind of engaged in this menial labor, the door of the head detective's office opens up and you see this very imposing Frankenstein's monster-like figure walking out through the door, very stiff-legged, and in their hand is a tray, and on top of that tray is the head detective. He's just a head. (laughs) (laughs) And he looks at all of you as you're kind of scrambling to attention. He says, all right, kids, well, we got an actual job for you. You ready to get out there into the actual world instead of just bumming around this place? And I go, yes, sir. And I throw up a salute and my entire arm just pops off and falls on the ground. That's the enthusiasm I like to see and the durability I hate to see. <laughs> I uh, quickly, uh, Harshnag quickly runs over and uh, grabs it for calcifer and goes, oh, sure thing, uh, boss. Yeah, we'd love to get out there and get our hands dirty. As I'm trying to like twist it back into place on calcifer, like uh um, like a wrench, just like uh, compl- uh, <laughs> kind of like you're screwing it in. Yep, there you go, screwing it in. Mm-hmm. And so the head detective, uh, Detective Cranium, because that's low hanging fruit, <laughs> uh, he looks around at all of you and he says, "Well, we got a bit of a lead on something that I think is a bit up your alley. The Battle of the Bands is going on at the high school in the next couple days, and we've got a tip off that some of the students are going to be bringing in laced candy." I am. So there! And all of a sudden, Zmei just starts growing and getting bigger and taller with excitement to where he was standing in the same spot, but now his head is looming over the head. (laughs) Yes, well, you're going to have to keep that under control because this is an undercover operation. This is a sting operation. Can't let anybody know that you're on the force, so we're going to need to get some disguises for you. They'd never know. And he goes over to one of the closets and he opens it up. And it's like, we got a spirit Halloween in the back room here if you want (laughs) to try and find some costumes. Anything you see, it's on the forces tab right now. Just don't go too crazy. Oh boy, I'm glad I don't have a nose. These places always smell so weird. (laughs) Truth. And I go marching in and I uh, start looking around and I go, hmm, what's a good undercover cop costume? And I grab a uh, policeman uniform. (laughs) Zmei is still really excited about this whole idea that he just is still continuing to grow. Is there any particular costume in this Spirit Halloween that is attracting Zmei's attention? I'm pretty sure he loved the kiss costume he saw. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> You're gonna be like Gene Simmons or something? Yes. <laughs> Gene Simmons wearing a hat that says, I love to skank. This is my new goal in life. Okay. And uh, Harshnag, what kind of costume is attracting your attention? Well, Harshnag goes in and just starts sniffing. Smells delicious in here. (laughs) He goes over to the fake blood and he's like, see He just, the only thing he comes out with, uh, he doesn't look like he comes out with anything until he opens his hand and he gets a fake set of vampire teeth in his hand and he just shoves them in his mouth. (laughs) And he's like, all right. I'm ready. Cool. So now that you guys have your disguises, let's have each of you roll to create an advantage unmodified against a difficulty of zero, and maybe these will be advantageous for you moving forward. 
I got a minus two, Ooh. which seems appropriate because I pictured my, uh, I didn't actually get like a mask, so I'm still just a skeleton, but I'm wearing a blue hat, aviators, and I have a fake mustache. <laughs> yeah, and the fact that it's a cop costume probably isn't doing you any favors either. <laughs> Who would suspect though, right? What kind of cop's going to dress like a cop? You know. And Zmei, what'd you get? A plus one. All right, so you get one free invoke on this new aspect that you have, your Gene Simmons costume. (laughs) And since you have one free invoke on that, that means at any point you can use that to either add two to your roll or re-roll the result. Got it. And now, Harshnag, what'd you get? I got a plus three on my Dracula teeth. (laughs) On your Dracula costume that is literally just a pair of teeth. Well, I am the world's greatest chewer, so. (laughs) Oh, it makes so much sense actually now. (laughs) Does it though? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so you guys come back into the main office and Detective Cranium looks at all of you and he's like, I remember my old days when I was getting into my first undercover gig. I dressed up as the Riddler. Nobody could see through my mystique. And he (laughs) kind of snaps out of his little reverie and he says, All right, well, the first round of the Battle of the Bands is this evening, so we're going to have to have you do some overtime. This is going to count towards your credits, though, so don't worry. You're just going to have to give up your evening of, I don't know, playing Club Penguin or doing LAN parties, whatever it is you kids do. You're just going to have to spend the night at the Battle of the Bands instead. Sorry, Calcifer. I guess we have to take a pause on me being your wingman for that horror game. That's all right. How did he know I liked Club Penguin? You, you guys have been hanging out outside this internship? Um, occasionally. Oh, uh, I mean that's that's cool. That's fine. That's fine. That's totally. I cool. mean, we we just we didn't think you'd uh, we didn't think you'd. Oh, wanna, of course we not. We thought you'd, you'd say no anyway. Well, so. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a fine. bloody troll game. We didn't think you'd actually want to play it. Oh yeah, no, that would have been very offensive to me actually. <laughs> so I appreciate you leaving me out of that one. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so both cells we got to spend a lot of time together in the next few days. So this is cool. This no, is yeah. Cool. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's awesome. It's going to be a lot of fun. And Detective Cranium says, Now, if you do well enough on this, we usually don't pay our interns, but if you manage to find who's bringing in this laced candy, we've got some king-sized Kit Kats over here that we're willing to slide your way. Do you have any rewards for those without tongues? Well, I suppose we could give you... We'll give you the candy corn, since if it's going to go to anybody, might as well go to someone without a tongue. (laughs) It does have a satisfying texture to chew, I suppose. He just looks at you, and he's just, like, shaking his head in sadness. Well, kids, you're on your first beat. Don't screw this up, all right? You can count on us. We'll make sure we find that lace candy together. Very good. I expect a full report tomorrow. Remember, we've got the forms in triplicate over there on the secretary's desk, so just make sure you get those all figured out. I'm going to go and watch The Conjuring with my family. Mm, What a wonderful kids movie. (laughs) Yes, of course. It always makes me chuckle and giggle. (laughs) I'm surprised that children enjoy it considering the humans win in the end. Well, sometimes you just got to prove to your kids that life is a difficult, rough place. But you got to be rougher than that if you want to make it. I used to have a body. (laughs) Me as well, sir. Me as well. (laughs) Well, at least we have one thing in common. Good luck, kids. I'll catch you tomorrow. And I'm going to march over to the secretary's desk and go, yes, uh, we were just told we had paperwork in triple cut that we needed to fill out. The secretary turns towards you and it's a scarecrow with a jack-o'-lantern head. And she goes, oh yeah, of course, triple cut. Here you go. 
and she just grabs a blank sheet of paper and slides it over to you. Make sure you fill that out correctly. The boss would be so angry with you if you did it wrong. I'd hate to see you go. And I don't say anything, but you hear my bones start (laughs) as I shiver in fear. And then one rib just falls on the floor. I kind of make it my mission. Whenever something falls off, I run over to Calcifer (laughs) and I try to help him out as best I can by uh, jamming the bones in there or popping them into place, almost chiropractic-like. Just getting them in there and making sure they stay in place. This seems like a fun place to have you roll to overcome with careful. (laughs) Oh, that's a plus three. Shoot. Yeah, he pops the rib back in place, and it actually does feel kind of chiropractic. Like, you had a bit of a, a twinge in that rib, but now feels nice and easy. Oh, thank you, Harshnag. If you wouldn't mind doing me another favor, and I hand him the paper and pen, uh, could you just fill that out for me real quick? Oh, yeah, of course. I'll go ahead and take care of it for all, all, all three of us here. Yeah. Oh, let me just... Uh... And my oversized hands grab the tiny blue pen and I'm trying to, like, draw on the paper. Yeah, roll to overcome with clever to see if you can figure it out. Well, shoot, dang, that's a plus three. You guys, you're trying to dunk on Harshnag for being a blundering teddy bear. <laughs> here he is just proving his worth. Yeah, well, it was kind of hard when you uh, got to the 401k section, but uh, I got you a nice uh, um, Roth IRA set up just in case you <laughs> get put on full time. <laughs> all right, so you've got your paperwork all figured out and you get ready to gussy yourselves up to go to the Battle of the Bands, the hottest event all year, even bigger than homecoming, bigger than prom, the thing that every student looks forward to every year. But I think we're going to see what finds out with that next time. Thanks for listening to Improv Tabletop. We'll be back next week with more adventures in the world of Halloween PD. If you want more, go ahead and subscribe, maybe even give us a review. We would be as happy as a socially outcast troll who maybe someday can get invited to a LAN party (laughs) if you would go ahead and give us a positive review on the podcatcher of your choice. We're also all over social media with the handle at Improv Tabletop. So if you'd like to suggest either a setting for us to play in or an aspect for one of our characters to use, you can tweet about us or comment on one of our posts on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok using hashtag ImpTab setting or hashtag ImpTab aspect. Let's do a round of plugs. As always, we've got our sister podcast, iCast Fireball, but I'll let Thomas tell you more about that. Uh, What I want to plug is my friend Scott Villanueva, who wrote the theme song for Improv Tabletop. Every week when you listen to that wonderful guitar riff at the beginning, that is of Scott's devising. He did all of the guitar parts. He was kind enough to let me do the bass on that song and then to do variations on the theme song for each of our new campaigns. But he's always posting videos of himself playing guitar and bass and ukulele and stuff on Instagram at j.scottv. So if you are interested in hearing more from the guy who wrote our theme song, Go check that out. Also a really funny, cool guy in his own right. Yeah, he's a cool guy. Just go enjoy his stuff. Someday he's going to be a professional voice actor and you'll hear his voice everywhere. Thomas, you got anything that you would like to plug? Well, I don't think it's a surprise if anybody's uh, listened to The Illiterates or uh, has found Improv Tabletop from our sister podcast, I Cast Fireball, an actual play 5e D&D adventure where I take a turn as the dungeon master and Ned 
um, is a, one of the players there as a cute slash terrifying little kobold. Um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's a uh, consistent campaign that we play. I think we're roughly about 18 episodes in right now, and uh, we've got some really cool content coming up in the next little bit here. Fairly suspenseful, so um, you've got quite a bit of episodes to binge if you're uh, if you really like binging those actual play episodes. Uh, so yeah, go give us a shot over there. You can follow us there at iCastFireball20 at Instagram and Twitter as well. Right on, right on. Heather, do you have anything that you would like to plug? I don't think so. You you have a small business your husband's been plugging for the last four episodes. Yeah, but it always is better coming from someone else as charming as Thomas. <laughs> mm. Well, then I'm plugging your small business, but I don't. I need you to describe it for me. Sell me on your small business. <laughs> You're also charming. Evan, did you know that my wife, Heather, has a small business? What? Really? My wife's birthday's coming up, and I need to find her a gift. Could your wife's business help out? Well, shucky darn i've got a uh, business idea for you this is called b wire jewelry and you can follow it on uh instagram and etsy where the, she makes custom antique slash fantasy style jewelry whether it be a necklace ring or pendant this is the jewelry for you wow jewelry that's the perfect birthday present my wife's gonna love it see that was so much better than i could ever do around the applause to you guys uh, Heather, thank for you for your plug. <laughs> she's she's humble, but her jewelry's great. It is it is legitimately amazing, everybody. Right on. And Evan, you got anything that you would like to plug? So it's been a while since I've been on the podcast, um, and I know my fans have been missing performance art. But at the end of the illiterate, something happened. My fellow performer Caleb Anderton said, "We haven't had any performance art in the podcast in a while, so I'm going to do some." But the reason there hadn't been any on the podcast in a while is because I hadn't been on the podcast in a while. And he stepped on my turf to do performance art (laughs) by juggling fruit in the Dakotas. And so I'm not sure if this is performance art or pure revenge. But this week, I am going to make sure that Caleb, for the next week, never finds another piece of produce, no matter how hard he looks. Any fruit or vegetable, if he checks his fridge, gone. If he goes to the store, sold out. If he wants to grab that little orange as a tasty treat, it's not going to be there for him. Because he came from my turf, and so for the Improv Tabletop audience, that's going to be a lot of work, so I need your help. If you want to help me, then I already know you're there and your invitation's on the way, so. I do not understand this, but I am so there for it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll have to make sure that we delay Caleb hearing this for as long as we can, which is going to be hard because he he is our biggest fan, and he (laughs) does listen to every episode as soon as he can. He does. <laughs> well, that, that's a matter for future revenge-filled Evan to deal with. But for now, thank you all for joining us here in the world of Halloween PD. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and I've been joined by... Thomas Brower, plugging his wife's jewelry. Heather Brower, which, by the way, in case any of you do know Russian, I do understand that Zmei is only the root of snake and the real word is Zmeia. Just so you know, I knew that. And Evan Peterson, an apple a day won't keep me away. (laughs) Do your grudge voice. (laughs) Much love and stuff, everybody. We'll catch you next week on Improv Tabletop. Except for you, Caleb, we're coming for you.